LSS uh, overreached and um, went nuclear. I think I'm just kind of holding my breath and seeing how this how this continues to unfold. But it's been it's been quite interesting so far. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Win and In podcast. I am your host Eric Darrenheim. And today I have with me the man behind Sneep, Mr. Gabe Honstein. And we'll go ahead and say your hello, Gabe. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, howdy, howdy. My bad. <laughs> we're not, we're not used to having hi, another guest. Um, and our third <laughs> guest today is Mr. Jonathan. I don't know if you want me to say your last name, so I'll just say it, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Very yeah. nice <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me. A member of Cold Foil Control, a pretty damn good drafter, um, but a man of many ideas and uh, words to be spoken. So that's why we have you on. Uh, you're, you're way too kind. That... <laughs> now people are going to have expectations. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, I, you know what? There's so much we can talk about today, so I think we're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what do we want to start with first? Let's start with the... I think let's start with how we received the news. I think the first piece of news that I got was that we're going to have to see Prism all over again for so much longer. Yeah. Yeah. So she has came up. What was it? Two points or three points? I think it was three and it just got another point like a day after that came out. Yeah. So, so we're looking at two points. Uh, from being LL, super, super, super close from being LL. Yet here we are, having to deal with her for yet another month with more Aras <laughs> and more Spectral Shields. How do you, how do you feel about it there? Just... Um, which who, who are referencing? Yeah, I, should, I, I again, again, I'm just now. not used to this. All right, let's start with our guests. Let's start. How do you feel about it, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, you know, um, pretty tired of seeing Prism. But I think, uh, given how the meta shakes out, generally she uh, holds down a lot of those hard control decks for aggro players. So she's kind of a necessary evil, um, considering uh, myself as an aggro player. So um, I don't know. I'm a little mixed here. So. And you play Briar, Gabe. So how do you feel about her? Yeah, so I'm definitely bummed that she's going to be leaving for a couple different reasons. Number one, that Gap Briar, it's like a pretty easy matchup going into it where I can just break all of her auras and just hit in with a big swing turn. So that's sad that there'll be a less easier matchup to win against, but with Dromai popping in, it should still give my illusionist not the end of the world. But I think like what I'm really bummed about is she's so pretty and all of her cards are so shiny and fun and it's like, you're going to lose one of the prettiest most aesthetic decks, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I do feel like those heralds they do shine very nice. Uh, plus, like what all of her uh, all of her arrows got cold foil too. Yeah, it's very, like she just looks like a golden deck. Like it's just blink and it's so sick. Do you have any bling from Prism, Jonathan? Um, I have a lot of bling. <laughs> oh, myself. Okay. I'm sorry, I gotta get no, used you're to fine. this too. Um, I, myself, I don't have any Prism bling. Um, so unfortunately it just got to be a little overwhelming with how much there was to collect um so that is true um and and really for me i I like to go back to some of the older stuff before monarch so um that's true wait did you did you get that mask of momentum uh, i in fact did i I was able to pick it up oh (laughs) this man has an alpha mask of momentum In a really? time where Fi is running rampant, this guy got a mask. Yeah, momentum, at the height, like at the height of the market, you know, just, please sell to me at the height of the market, guys. <laughs> oh my God! Jonathan, yeah, so that is some big dick energy right there. Um, where, so I bought it from at? a South African seller, but um, he was visiting family in Austin, so I actually drove down to Austin just to like check it out and, and pick it up. So, dude, that at first sound like those type those scams, you know? <laughs> I <was> like, like <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the biggest fear well. in those situations is always to me gonna be, oh, I just drove down three hours and they ghosted me. 
Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's like, what do you? Do? But it, but it all worked out, huh? Was yeah, it? it did. It did. So uh, it's a very beautiful card. Um, really enjoy adding it to the collection. And I think it's just going to be one of those those grails um, that you know you can always treasure. All right, I I don't mean to uh, to dismiss Prism here, but I, I'm very curious right now. Uh, so we just talked about the mask. I believe you have scab skins. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Okay. What? What? What else? What other little jewels on this holy grail do, is there? So yeah. Um. Outside of that, uh, I I also bought the uh, cold foil grasp. Um. I feel Ooh. like there are some some really really old school <laughs> players that are getting out of the game right now, and coupled with the the global economy, and um, a lot of concern mm-hmm. with with recent drama. Um. I think it's just been kind of a good opportunity to buy. And uh, I've just been focusing on a lot of the more aggro decks since that's more my play style. Um, but I think that's just, it's just a reminder that why we love this game, right? You can, you can focus on uh, a class or group of heroes and uh, kind of work to bling those out and not, not go hitting the bank, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but that's, that's really cool, man. I mean, that's... Um an accomplishment you know that's uh i think what the the lottery's at like what one billion dollars right now god (laughs) yeah that's like some lottery type stuff i think that's how i would get into that range but good on you for i think you're i think you're right as far as like it's it's we we are seeing some people leave we are seeing some older players leave collectors leave um especially with like when uprising wasn't coming out with like a first edition which I think everyone saw coming, but I think that also had maybe some influence on the collectors. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get back to prison real quick. Um, just to, just to finally let her, let her be. Um, I do think you're right, Jonathan, that she is a gatekeeper in some sense. I think she is keeping back uh, Kano. Um, I think she's doing a very good job there, uh, as well as Oldham. I think those are two heroes that would just uh quickly dominate had she not been able to hold them back so i do think she is a necessary evil like you said um but uh i i think spectra's broken man <laughs> i really do <laughs> oh Amen. man um yeah yeah spectra's such a broken mechanic uh but you know it does come to wonder if we are going to see another light illusionist which i'd imagine we would especially with all these cards that are made for her if she is going to uh, you know because i wonder if it was her weapon that made her so good not necessarily the spectra or like you know the cards around her thoughts i'll take it to you this time gabe um i definitely think the weapon was probably the most overpowered part of having prism with this infinite go again with all the little spectras give it she has a very powerful just trigger on a stick of her own but i definitely think the weapon really pulled her out but that's just my thought Jonathan? yeah i think i think gabe kind of explores a really good topic there because coupling living legends with uh, a weapon uh, to to when you effectively get rid of that hero i think uh will help because if we do see a new illusionist and and LSS wants to explore a new route, I think the weapon would be the first area I would look at um, to, mm-hmm. to change to change that kit. Um, another thing that, and I hope I don't go off into another tangent, but um, really when you, when you talk about even replacing with the Light Illusionist, um, do, do we even expect that chain? We're going to see a new shadow, a shadow runeblade? Uh, quickly or like how quickly do we expect these replacements to come i didn't even think about that you know i remember them saying the next set uh i I do remember that too (laughs) yeah so but honestly i do think it does line up pretty damn well with the next supplemental set uh because we didn't get really any uh shadow cards or light cards with everfest so you'd imagine the next supplemental set will go more into the monarch and tales of aria area um and we'll get some cards there so i think that's the opportunity 
to print the new heroes, uh, whether they be CC or Blitz or whatever the case. But I think that's where they have that opportunity to do that. Yeah, agreed. Seeing the uh, the living legend system flesh out now is actually kind of exciting. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it seems so in like in the distance. Uh, but now it's here. We are about to have three heroes into it. I bet. Uh, I mean, maybe LSS wants to like kind of you know wait until there's more. But I would say you know once we get four heroes, I would say let's get that format rolling. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a fun. Be awesome. I'll play Starboro again. Yeah, I, I you know what? I don't. I wonder how Starboro would do against a seed bearing chain. Uh, <laughs> I think chain would get him. I gotta be honest. Um, oh, that's a good video idea, right? Yeah, there. yeah. Um, I do have a uh, CC chain deck with a young version. Uh, I'm gonna take that to an armory. <laughs> Letting y'all know how it goes, and uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But anyways, okay, so let's move on to our second bit of news. Uh, as far as for me, this is how it came in in second here. Let's talk about the drama that uh, we don't get too much of drama of LSS, but let's talk about the drama of LSS going ahead and saying, you cannot have my product anymore. You are officially banned from using Flesh and Blood product. That is with the store. What's his store name? Compete Esports. Help me out here. Oh, there it is. And, yeah. And I, I would uh, like to clarify um, just on the front end that uh, LSS is banning them from organized play. They can, oh, okay, they can okay. still purchase they can product still through a distributor. However, they will not be able to get any promos or uh, help out organizers with their, their store. So they're actually, so realistically, they're not as hurt as I thought they were. Uh -oh. That's a good point. No, that's a very good point. Yeah, because like from a business standpoint, they would still be able to like make money off the game. Yeah, but don't don't let that hurt the introduction. I still want you to to, to go forward with that. So I apologize. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's why that's why I'm glad you're here. Because uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So, um, I went ahead and saw the, uh, the podcast that was uh, the infamous podcast. So, apparently, because uh, Gabe here doesn't know anything, right, Gabe? Yeah, I'm so blind. Like, we're talking about okay. things, and I'm trying okay. to, like, connect it with the dots. So, let me, make more sense. let me set this up. Let me set this up. Jonathan, feel free to interrupt me uh, if I get anything wrong or if you want to add anything. Oh, no, you're the captain. Okay, so. You're the captain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, this guy, I think his name's George, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, George. And then uh, the guy from Kitchen Table, um, flesh or Flesh Blood Kitchen Table TCG. That's what it's Kitchen Table TCG. Yeah, and he's Louis. Um, yeah, Louis. Um, I, I actually knew Louis from his other videos. I never knew this George guy before, but so uh, George and Louis are having this podcast, and um, George claims to have some inside knowledge and he starts to spout that uh lss um has just tons and tons like i think the number was um 200 000 boxes of like monarch and uh welcome the raf like in between like a mixture of those two and that uh, they really screwed over Channel Fireball, and Channel Fireball is just trying to get rid of them now. And that is kind of what happened with the when Channel Fireball was bought up from TCD Player. The TCD Player had to buy some of these boxes, basically from Channel Fireball. Uh, that Channel Fireball just had as like dead product because there's like no way you can sell that many. I guess the numbers that they said there's about 150,000 players, so there's why would you have that many boxes? Um, and that stores are just struggling to uh, get rid of these boxes. So a lot of numbers were laid out, right? And mm -hmm. even Louie in this podcast was like, I I can't, I don't believe that. Uh, but George is saying he has some inside knowledge. He has a scoop. Uh, and so this podcast comes out. I don't know when this came out. Um, a little while back, though. It wasn't that far back. Because um, they were talking about the announcement of Worlds. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they had their opinions on it. But, like I said, numbers were given out. So then last weekend, as we're recording, like, on the last day of July here, um, a 
uh what was it It it's just like a little article right that came out this show who was banned i just saw it on i think i think yeah maybe it was just a tweet but yeah it was just saying yeah this uh this store is banned from hosting organized play i they had a list of stores that were banned and i thought it was because i honestly thought it was because like they just gave or they didn't give out the mat like you had to earn the mat or some shit (laughs) you know i thought it was some stupid shit like that i was like oh come on uh but then when this like information came out i was like that this guy was banned because he basically was spe- spreading uh false uh truths i guess you know he's fake news basically Misinformation, yeah um yeah. so yeah so that was the whole reason behind now a lot of people are up in arms with it saying that lss uh overreached and um went nuclear um and just did too much right there uh i am very curious on what your take is let's start with jonathan yeah i mean it's it's been a wild roller coaster i think um you know it's been kind of weird seeing this unfold and for kind of the first time in my life being able to step back and say hey you know let's not let's not go in guns blazing all right let's not okay let's not, let's not make too rash of a decision and uh, have an opinion before we see all the all the cards get played but um with that being said um you know we we're seeing um just information come down the pipeline that um i think has changed perspectives uh, every time uh, i've heard it from a different person so i think uh i think i'm just kind of holding my breath and seeing how this how this continues to unfold but it's been it's been quite interesting so far yeah yeah it has been um i think i mean yes i believe that is the the best way to do it you know like what do we know you know but um i tend to side with lss um as of now i i like i admittedly like tend to side with them when i first heard the news but after hearing the uh podcast i got him in trouble um i am still definitely leaning towards lss route uh i just feel like you know the individual should be separate from the game store owner um like i I honestly think a game store uh owner should just be as neutral as possible to anything i mean like i think let the Mm -hmm. community decide uh what's like good and bad with the game itself but as the owner i you know just focus on the finances of it and like just focus on getting players in or selling product i think how about you gabe what's your opinions so i have a couple thoughts my first thought is just from everything that i've heard is these guys were mis spreading misinformation which (laughs) but allegedly allegedly well, no, it's it's really fair to say allegedly in my, with my, the way I'm thinking about it. Because then, so they're spreading this information, trashing on LSS, saying they're doing something scummy or scammy. And in doing so, LSS can either act like a professional business and nip it on the butt and talk to them and get rid of that information and just move on. Or they can act like a 13-year-old girl and lose her mind and ban them. Which, if they're going to act emotionally, which I feel LSS did, it's for either like two thoughts. One, it's because it's true and they just they really want to shove it under the carpet two it's because they're like insecure about something with what they said if they're really still upset about the channel fireball earlier this year when they liquidated everything so i'm thinking like don't get me wrong lss probably made the right decision if these guys are spreading misinformation but i think they went about it horribly if they're going to destroy yeah i I would tend to agree with you pretty heavily on that one um kind of just to expand on that point a little bit um i think one of the the key takeaways that I had was that with this banning that it probably that probably would have been the end solution regardless on um, what route it took to get to that end step but uh, at the end of the day I think LSS did have a communication misstep um, as this is kind of a big store for um, people that have been uh, heavy into the community flesh and blood early um so if if we continue to see these communication issues because it seems to be the most common issue with lss um i I do have slight concerns 
However, um, I will say that th that's a very minor compared to my overall satisfaction with the game. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. Like, I think when it comes to yeah. the actual gameplay, like nothing changes here. Um, all right, good. I'm super happy about this because I thought if we all would agree, it'd be like, okay, well, yeah. But I disagree with both of you guys. So now, now I get to, to really say, all right, so first I want to <laughs> say this. If we start seeing uh, more other people come up and say the same thing, then you're right, Gabe. It's just them trying to, you know, cover it up, right? Because you would imagine if what George was saying was true, and then he gets his his shop, then can't uh, play any uh, organized events, then you would imagine other stores would come up and be like, "Yeah, hey, this is wrong. Like that, you shouldn't. Elsa shouldn't do this because you know what he's saying is true." Blah blah blah. Right? If we start seeing that, okay then that you know then that's a really no-no for lss right like that's uh that's, that's pretty bad um but yeah if none of that does happen then i'm okay with it just because i think i'm not gonna get too like too much out of the realm here but i think uh we are in an age where misinformation spreads quicker than facts and truths um and it's yeah yeah it's a little bit of a take here um and so i think when um i mean it is juice you're absolutely right like whenever we uh whenever we <laughs> like if we can nip it in the bud as soon as possible and like even if it means like set example i if, i don't think that's necessarily what's going on but i think they just with how new this game is and like how many times like you know people have been like oh this game's dead in the year or whatnot um you know i think you do want to try to if i'm guessing this guy was pretty influential right because like you're saying his store is one of the like the earliest and the big ones um yes his his store was so early at adopting that um yeah they didn't lss didn't really have a distribution model at okay time. all right yeah so it's he was so you know, like on they, it yeah, they were still fielding stores for the game. I wonder if Mr. Bill from Reaper, how he feels. I, you know, like is is I see that's the thing that would that's where it comes up to where it's like, you know, is this just like one of those where just some guy was just doing content or is he speaking truth? Um, so I think that's interesting. I actually did meet Bill today. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh, look at that. So um, I, I will say that uh, I, I do I don't want to speak for Bill. Obviously, uh, yeah. You know, and especially in this situation, because uh, you know he is he is a very important name in the scene. Oh um, my gosh! Yeah, I, yes. I will say that he he's taken a very mature um, look at this, and uh, you know from from the outside, I think he's he's put in a lot of interesting perspectives as far as just just being a store and like um, what you can do as far as distribution versus um, organized play model. So I think um, he's offered some some really interesting insights uh, into that. And um, really, I think uh, he also uh, discussed a lot today in regard to John Warden's video, uh, which was made in uh, in response to to the pod the Made to Be With You podcast. Um, so John Warden is also fluke and box for those who are unaware. So uh, very pivotal oh, yeah. to the flesh and blood scene. So um, really interesting to hear from him as typically he is not terribly outspoken um, other than um, just being a primary collector for the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was, I remember um, seeing him as like one of the first contents. Um, okay. So, so how did, how did he, how'd he um approach is he um upset is he okay with this is he just moving past it i'm trying to uh, find a video here yeah john seems to be a little fired up about this situation okay and, okay um i think for good reason um i think he has a lot of inside perspective um just from the relationships that he's had and mm -hmm. um, the people that he knows uh, and, and that's understandable. You know, we, we live in a small world and, uh, you know, people talk. We, we like to connect. 
Um, so I think probably one of the most interesting perspectives that was offered on uh, Fluke and Block's channel was um, really the two two things, right? So um, he's banned as an organized play holder. So I think that that puts the scope in a very different direction because he can still buy and sell booster boxes. Right, right. So he can run events just more out of his pocket than originally. And if he hmm, chooses to open boxes and sell, he he will no longer have access to uh, any stipends or uh, bonuses that LSS uh, gives for meeting uh, revenue requirements on TCG Player for their game. So um, they they lose a couple of those benefits and therefore margin, which already hurts um, as a business. But um, John also provided the perspective that. Um, being an early adopter to the game that George may have been uh, a little less than happy that his store was not considered for um, direct shipment of product. Mm, interesting. That's true. Yeah, because he said he wasn't officially like like one of the I guess he said like one of the eight people that was talked about or talked to for um, just getting like tons and tons of products he had to like hear it from one of those eight people uh, so he was on the outside looking in yet there again that's interesting i didn't think about that yeah so um you know and and understandable when really when we come down at the end of the day um margin is important for any business so i i think um when I try to look at these scenarios, I, I, I do try to look from all perspectives and, and try to empathize as best I can. And and it seems tough to me, um, this situation. Um, however, I, I do lean a little bit more towards that the banning would still occur. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think you're absolutely right. I think one way or the other, it was going to happen, whether it just took like some talks in between or not. But um yeah i i don't know like if you, if you just i feel if you're just gonna be as opinionated as that like like louis was fine right louis doesn't own a fucking uh, game store or like doesn't host events right so like and but even even he was saying like he wasn't totally on board with what was being said but um it's just i think you just gotta look at it from a business perspective and be like okay you know is what I'm saying going to hurt my business or is it going to promote it or like one way or the other, but like you are connected to your business no matter what. So that's my intake on it as well. Uh, I, yeah, I, I want to just say that um, just with the May the Zoo be with you podcast in general, I, I did tend to watch it early on in the beginning, um, especially when um, Midtown Merchant Mitch was a part of the podcast it was a three-person podcast i remember and that typically yeah. from my experience um there were a couple reasons why i stopped one of them primarily being the negativity in the podcast mm -hmm. um, they seem to really only talk about the dollar value of uh the game and i think that brought a lot of stress uh onto myself especially early on um and really didn't let me dive into the game for the reasons why i really wanted to which was being a player um and really it seemed like in those podcasts george was kind of the rabid dog where he would be addressing rumors you know speculations and uh you know uh, just spreading spreading that information and it would be Louie and Mitch that would kind of be the ones to to reel them back in um, yeah I it feels like I, I'm not sure if this is also just because Mitch has been gone or if Louie has just grown so accustomed to uh, George having his tirades but it did seem like he did go a little bit too far in the cfb scoopy scoopies episode yes yeah yes those his words scoopy scoopies yeah it did seem that way i agree on that yo gabe are you uh you scrolling and uh, clicking out there buddy times, i don't think i'm scrolling a whole lot but that could be me i was trying to find some of this i'll, I'll be honest I... yeah picking up the dirt <laughs> yeah, yeah that's my bad yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. All right. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say on that um, at the end of it, like Gabe? The there. He brought up about it was like his business when he's kind of like shooting himself in the foot. Like if you're in business, you should act professional and not be as emotional towards things if you're trying to maintain business. But that was one thing I picked up from what you said that I thought was pretty, pretty substantial. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's why we gotta have you and Jonathan. I need someone to disagree with me. Yeah. Me and Gabe get along too well. Just, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I, I I do like kind of being the bad guy sometimes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Feel we, free we to have me on if you want to. Like our little, um, <laughs> the villain, like the Disney villain. That'll be the intro, Jonathan <laughs> the villain. Yeah. Have you thought? Have you thought about genocide? <laughs> 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 Oh, beautiful. Um, all right. So the next piece of information we got, and then I got a little bonus piece at the end here. But the uh, next one we got is the most recent emergency banning. This has been a while since we've seen the emergency banning um, mm. of the stubby hammerers. We've seen it first get banned in Blitz before Uprising even came out, before we even knew why. But we trusted them, and they were certainly right to ban it in Blitz. Uh, but now we are seeing it before Nationals, before Pro Tour Lily, before Worlds being banned. Here yet again, Fi takes a hit. How do we think that the Ninja's going to do? I'm going to direct this first to you, Jonathan, as you have a Fi deck and we're playing Fi and a, are a Ninja player, I would say, right? Yeah, I, w I think that as far as Stubby Hammers goes, you, you had really the potential to get five to six damage on, on a turn. And realistically, uh, zero cost for that is a lot of pressure, uh, especially for Phi. Um, I also think that if I were to look at this from LSS's perspective, um, I wouldn't be too pleased with players preferring a common card over my new Legendary. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah. So I think that also had That's a little a bit very of good that, point. A little bit of play in this. In this <laughs> I like that. No, that's is that a Scoopy? <laughs> yeah, we got some Scoopies here. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good, actually. That's good. Scooping good. Good up. thought there. Uh, how, how about you, Gabe? How how do you feel? You took Phi and uh, you got a couple top yeah. eights. With yeah, no, him, right. Uh, one or, top eight, yeah. and I like bubbled out on the tens. But I'll call. I'll count it if you said it. Um. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think it's sad. Um, give it because, like John was saying, there's there's good potential to get five points of damage. I know when we add running it, like if you're running hot, you can get like seven to eight, which is pretty substantial. I think it's definitely not needed to win games, but it's definitely just like it's just one other thing to stack on all the craziness I could do with like art of wars, spreading flames, and so on. I think. Well, we no, go ahead. Here. Sorry. Well, we saw the uh, the calling uh, winner in Utrecht, or I don't know how you say it, but the in the European city there, um, it had it was a five deck. I mean, I think it was um, the top like three of the top four mm -hmm. fives, but um, and it was a deck that used W hammers and had kind of a um, it was half combo, half uh, mid range, so it had versatility in its playstyle. Um, but now I wonder, you know big part of that combo was stubby hammers and grabbing a solid wound after the fact um do you think combo is dead i'll start with you gabe this time um i think i don't think it's dead but i don't think it's going to necessarily be the best play style unless people aren't expecting it and you could just go spike a tournament because people aren't expecting the combo with uh pouncing links to assault the wound but i definitely i don't i wouldn't put it off but i'd say probably more of a mid-rangey consistent deck will perform a lot better now that one of its main pieces is gone all right what's say you jonathan yeah i'm i'm really interested to seeing what levels of exploration people go into um really because i think this this band kind of hurts um kadachi a little bit um kadachi five because uh realistically um if you're going to use the stubby hammers for me i think to get the most bang for your buck, you're, you're coupling that with Salt the Wound and uh, Mask of the Pouncing Links and Kadachis to get to get your widest chain potential. So I, I think that hurts Kadachi a little bit, uh, but I think we were also 
moving to a more defensive Fi, given with uh, Bravo and Dory's prevalence in the meta, um, to counter to counter Fi's aggressiveness. So uh, really, I, I I think this almost puts away. Hey guys, let's let's move away from from the aggro. Let's let's get some more mid range in here. Let's get some more block. Uh, I, I'm honestly interested to see if anyone can solve the Breeze Rider boots if they're gonna run those in Fi. Ooh. Maybe add a little bit of spice. Maybe a, a fluster fist. Maybe I'm going. Maybe I'm reaching. I, I know I'm reaching on that one. But I, I would love to see what kind of uh, new things people can explore. Just because Fi has become a little slower. You know, I I like that because I honestly think that the uprising heroes haven't been like completed yet. You know, I feel like they're still. Even with like Dromai and Icelander, I feel like we don't know the most optimal deck yet. Um, and so I think here again, we're just still trying to discover that with Fi right now. Oh, without a doubt. LSS has done it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, it, it kind of took us a while to figure out Starvo. Um, not along at all, but it did like kind of take a while to be like, oh, just always fuse. That's the way to do it. I'd like to thank LSS and James White for turning me into an adult because realistically, with all of these announcements and changes and, and seeing how they go about changing the game, I've learned to, to sit back and not react immediately. Because Dude, when I saw Stubby Hammers, when I saw Stubby Hammers get banned, at first I thought, oh, I'm not going to have my massive Timmy turns. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, I... I put it in a perspective of, of beating the decks that are beating me, and I think it all opens up more exploration. So Fi's not dead, right? Is that what you're not, saying? Not at all. Not at all. If anything, um, I think he's actually pretty pretty decent, and uh, I think he's moving into an area where he can block a little bit more, and uh, not be not be fully mid-range, but, but lean a little bit closer to that than he was previously. Okay, okay. So so you can take a breath of uh, fresh air and, like, you know, a little sigh of relief now, Gabe. You can still play your Fi. Right. You just gotta, you gotta try harder now. I just have to play good. I just can't yeah. make the buttons press and win from there. I have to think about it. That's a little less fun, but I guess that can work. Let me, uh, let me throw some numbers at you guys. You guys into numbers? I fucking love yeah. numbers. Man, like number four. I I always. Oh, oh god. <laughs> yes, that's. Oh, um, okay. So I took all the. I got this from three different sites. Um, it was Fab Dojo, TCG Player, or the Fab TCG, I should say. And um, oh, there's another site. I don't quite remember name, but anyways, um, I just took the uh, top eight decks and took the t uh, decks that got to the finals. So first and second right now um through this whole this whole rtn season what do you guys think the number one hero was like who got the most first and second places uh i'll let jonathan guess first then i'll guess second uh, Wimp. That's, that's a cop-out move question, but uh yeah <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to go with five a good one I, I was gonna guess briar if i'm honest i figured it was easy enough and well known enough so briar made a strong appearance in the beginning but five did take it in the end and five does have more uh wins um as well so it goes right now we have five briar viscerai as the top three decks mm. now with the sudden bannings you know, I, I agree. I don't think Phi is gone. I think Phi is fine, actually. Um, but does Phi stick with the top three, or is Phi kind of in the middle, kind of like with Prism, Droma, and Dorinthia? I, I definitely think it'll probably go to the middle, because I think everybody that thought Phi was going to be the best deck were on Phi, but now they think that it's banned, but they didn't look into like the depths of it. They'll probably switch over to the next best aggro. Sensing some self projections <laughs> right there. I, you're not wrong. I would, I would agree <laughs> with moving to the next best aggro deck. However, I believe that call would be Viscerai personally. You know, it's so funny that Viscerai made such a huge jump. Um, 
you know, because he was kind of written off too when Blood Chief's Skeleta was banned, right? Uh, but boy, like he really made an appearance this RTN season. So I, I do want to um, clarify a point that was made because um, you, you discussed would you still play Fi. Um, I think it depends on the context of what events you're playing Fi in. Okay. Given, okay. Given this recent ban, because uh, if I were to go to my local armories uh, any day, I would play Fi. Um, given if there is still RTNs, I would probably play Fi in Classic Constructed. Okay. Um, however, if I were to go into the Pro Tour or um, any any major CC event outside of that, uh, at, at that level, I, I think I would probably tend to stray away from Fi, just as Fi, I think, is probably going to be the targeted deck. Ooh, really? Okay. You know what? It's funny you say so. Okay, so all of us are chumps. Uh, none of us are going to Pro Tour. Um, but uh, Adam went ahead and he has a pti he's gonna go to the pro tour he was on fi but now he's looking to get off fi uh and so i wonder if like man because that's that's a that's an interesting point like if that's the deck to the gun for now um it kind of feels like the last pro tour where we we didn't know hero got banned per se uh but Things got shaken up, you know, right before this pro tour. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. We have, we'll have to we'll have to get Adam in on here before right before he leaves. Yeah, we'll get him in on next week when we talk about the pro tour metas and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. I I kind of think. Uh, all right, let's do something fun real quick. All right, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna start this off. I think. Oh man, I forgot about Prism. Prism might get it. Uh, <laughs> the spies. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh man. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to give it to. I think Briar is going to win this Pro Tour right now. That's where I'm at. Really? I, I I'm going to give it to Briar. I think she's due. Hot take. Oh, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. This is the hot take three weeks out. All right. Not only not only will I name the hero, but Ooh. I will name the player. Ooh. Oh, I think I have an idea who. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I believe it will be Viserai. Okay. And Hayden Dale is just going to take <laughs> it home. He's just going to show us what we've all been missing. Oh, man. I Fun fact. I, placed, I faced Hayden Dale. He was playing Briar at the time of Cheerio Briar, and he kicked my ass. Uh, so I can see it. Yeah, he's not to be trifled with. <laughs> yeah, it turns out he's actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah nice. <laughs> what do you think, um, Gabe? I think it's going to be that fringe rogue I Icelander deck that takes it. No, okay, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm genuine. I think it's going to be that one kid who's just been playing it since they spoiled it. You know, Kano really made a presence in the last Pro Tour. So, I mean, it's it's not out of reach to just say, like, a deck comes out I think out something with nowhere. Ice. That's kind of where I've been leaning. It's either, like, Ice Lexer or uh, Ice Lander. Because I think Ice is so strong. Ice Lexi's interesting. But, yeah. yeah okay. Wizard will always be the dark horse for me just because Kano is one of those heroes that people refuse to learn. True. Oh, it's just so different to play against, and I think that that makes him a threat, which I would love to see that. And then also, uh, as Gabe mentioned, if if we saw a Icelander, um, Icelander is just one of those decks where I it's so strange to me. I can't build it, but I would I would love to see someone with the skill to do it. I would I would love to see that be piloted. So, um, really interested to see see those oddball decks. Um, That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. All right. All right. Fine. Um, I'll, my oddball deck is, um, uh, you know what? Oldham. Oldham's, you know, he's, he's, that's, that doesn't feel oddball, but, you know, we haven't seen him in a while. So I'm going to, I'm going to clean nice. to it. I was waiting for the Bolton call, but, <laughs> uh, Bolton would have been nice. I, you know what? Maybe he's actually viable now. Maybe I should test him. He was like, five just outraced him I so bet. hard, but now maybe, try. maybe he has some turn or two. Yeah. Okay, so last piece of news, just a little bonus content here. All right, so 
Um, all right, this is perfect because Jonathan, you're a collector. Um, Gabe, you are an like investor in some of this stuff. Like, so what do we? How do we feel about flesh and blood or LSS? Not flesh and blood, but LSS partnering up with PCG. How do you feel about it, Gabe? So, I'm very controversial about this due to I think. Okay, so LSS is partnering with a grading company that's brand new, but it's also LSS's poster child that owns the grading company. And so it's basically like they're just shaking each other's hands so they can be able to give each other better deals, especially with like even how they came out with saying any of the new gold foils will be at least a nine or whatever. I think it kind of takes away the specialty of grading a high card and getting a high card now that these two companies can look at each other, shake each other's hands, get higher grades and then both of them will benefit when in reality i think it's just going to be not the downfall of the pcg but people are going to take it way less seriously than they ever did yeah i think they're a little too unionized for my for my taste mm -hmm. here um, so um i i really loved when pcg put up a booth at um the the last calling I thought that was absolutely spectacular. I thought that was a, a wonderful business move. Um, yeah, everything about it was 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 really good. Um, but I think when when a grading company uh, really really puts itself so close with a, a card game, um, I think you really get into an odd area. Um, just because people are very tied to um, BGS as far as the high end collectors right now. Um, and uh, PCG, from what I have seen, has been a little bit more lax on some grades compared to, to BGS in, in certain areas. Now, now whether or not um, they're more consistent within those grades internally, I think that's another discussion. And um, I think they, they might be more consistent, but I don't think they're as harsh, which I think is important mm -hmm. when you are collecting uh, graded cards. Oh, man. All right. Well that uh i don't know i got it i got my uh at that calling event i got my uh gold foil heart of ice graded uh i got a nine um which is like it's okay but i want it better um so maybe maybe i need to sell now before before people uh get off of, I just on like, this company i think if they do something shady and it gets called out it's just gonna like the company i feel like pcg's already like it's a new company it's just getting its legs but i feel like it's already fragile enough when there's like bgs to compare it to as well as psa it's just like i don't know i just i can't see it being that much that's going to help them yeah let's let's even put ourselves into the into the minds of the people that have already won their gold foils um whether that was in in proquest or in uh in uh road to nationals or mm -hmm. even at the callings right they already got their gold foils they got those graded what if you got an eight right mm -hmm. how do you feel now our lss isn't going to necessarily take those back and and allow you to get a nine plus that's what right? i'm saying i never even opened mine from the case like it stayed there and i got a nine so what the fuck man i could have got this nine plus this 9.5 or higher it says yeah. And if anything, if everything's a 9.5 or higher, then the rarity goes away. Right. A lot of value Good in point. these collectibles really comes down to the quality of of the printing. When everything has been printed bad quality, that tin becomes so much more valuable than anything else around it. That's a very so good point. I think LSS is actually reducing some stock in and not only the the great ability of their cards but the collectability um i i don't see gold foils as uh important as i did originally when i started this game um that's why i've made such a huge push towards uh, my alpha investment right <laughs> um, alpha investments all right let's go let's go always gotta always gotta put in a quip but uh <laughs> you know i i think um realistically when it comes down to it it's it's uh it comes down to mentor rare or better mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. yeah and if if you're they've got the mint down but is it rare yeah that is extreme i didn't even think of it like that that's a very good point like now we're nope. just everything's 9.5 or higher there's no there's nothing to debate about that now 
there's a there's no super super rare anymore i i think as far as the steel goes at the end of the day especially when i saw this i i first thought that this helps pcg this hurts lss mm. Mm -hmm. mm. all right well uh yeah, I think we're all in agreement that uh, this feels weird, um, and this doesn't feel necessarily like a great thing. Um, all right, well, I think that's about it. That's all we got for this week. There's, I mean, there's other stuff that happened. You know, all the RT and the new skirmishers coming out, but I think we we covered the the juicy gossips. And, uh, yeah, oh yeah. So, I mean, I'm oozing with juice right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that hot cost uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well i'm gonna go ahead and close this out then unless you guys got anything else y'all want to add on i'm content i thought i went well all right. oh, i'm stoked that jonathan joined yeah all right now yeah, we really happy to be here thank you so much for the opportunity definitely well, appreciate this it. is your time to plug in what you're uh what you got going on <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want to say, um, as far as sponsors, I want to I want to call out Cold Foil Control Ooh, and good uh, Fab, Fab Metal Tokens. Yeah, um, you know what? We call those guys out all the time. These guys, they're, so <laughs> they're legit. super legit. Yeah, they just followed us on Twitter. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. I think they were able to corner a market really early on, uh, where people wanted quality uh, in the tokens that they were able to play with, and uh, I think it's been wildly successful. So. Um, Really hoping to see see growth in that area. I think we will see more and more products as the time goes on. I think we're definitely going to see uh, possibly like almost a whole booth of that product in world. So, uh, wow! Spoiler alert! Little, little spoiler, <laughs> little spoiler. Not not giving out too much. There's definitely more I can give out, but yeah, no. We're there's it's that metal tokens is here to stay. That's for sure. All right, all right. Well, cool. Thanks everyone for listening to us. Uh, keep tuned for next week when we talk about the new meta for the pro tour well it's not new it's kind of new but uh we'll, we'll do a meta breakdown see what to expect uh maybe we'll even have adam on since he'll be playing in but until then thanks again for listening and this has been winning podcast and we'll see you next week